as you can see from the bulletin, uh, and maybe you put it together in some of the hymns and songs, uh, Amen is the title of the sermon, and we're going to look at the word Amen through the Bible and ultimately how it relates to Christ. Uh, amen is actually a Hebrew word. It's not an English word. It's become an English word. It's a, a word that we call, it's a transliterated word where a person looked at the Hebrew goofy-looking thing and said, oh, that must be an A. Oh, that's an M. You know, and so they just took the Hebrew word and then put English letters uh, to it. And interestingly, a whole bunch of other modern languages, as you know, did the same thing. They took the Hebrew amen uh, and then put it into their uh, own language. Uh, now, a few questions as we get going here. Why do Christians all over the world use amen, like we've done a bunch of times already, at the end of prayers? Why do we do it at the end of prayers? Why don't we go, like, we finish watching a TV show. We don't go, amen, at the end of a TV show. Why at the end of prayers? Why at the end of benedictions? Some songs, if you're as old as I am, uh, and you went to a typical either Lutheran, Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, didn't matter what kind of church, every single hymnal ended with amen at the end. Um, sermons a lot of times will end in amen, and maybe today we will. Uh, what does amen really mean besides the end? Uh, we'll look at that. So my goal of the sermon, which is hopefully the goal of the text, is that you'll better understand what in the world amen means, and in addition, you'll have some enthusiasm when you say amen. Uh, so this is kind of a little more of a happy sermon. I want to see some smiles in this sermon. Amen, okay. <laughs> you got me on that one, okay. Uh, we're going to start in the book of Psalms, and then we'll get to a bunch of other places in the Bible. Uh, but the book of Psalms is a collection of 150, 150 psalms. And the book has certain parts, certain patterns, and you can see, oh, these psalms all talk about the same thing, and they were put together in this way. Another angle to the psalms, if you don't know, is that it's broken up into five books or mini-books. And then each book ends with a benediction that ends with amen. So let's, uh, and then the fifth one doesn't do that, but that's the final book, and that, it's as if the whole psalm is the amen. Okay, let's look at these, and it'll also give you a sense of enthusiasm with the amen. So we're going to start at Psalm 41. We're going to work up to 106. We're going to start at Psalm 41, and depending on your English Bible, go to Psalm 41, verse 13, Final verse, 41, 13, and depending on your English Bible, it'll probably say at the beginning of 42, book 2. If, now, not everybody's English Bible will do that, but the end, so we're at the end of book 1. They're going to, uh, you know, so the ending is going to be verse 13. That's going to end the psalm, but it also ends the whole book. Hear the written word of God, 41, 13. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. Now go to Psalm 72, which we interestingly uh, sung from the Psalter. Go to Psalm 72, 
Go to uh, verse 18. And Psalm 72 is ending book two, depending on your English Bible, it may say at Psalm 73, book three. Allow me to read the written word of God, 72, 18, uh, and then I'll read 20. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone has done wondrous things. Blessed be the glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Okay. Go to Psalm 89. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but we started with Psalm 89. So go to Psalm 89. Go to the ending of Psalm 89, which is the ending of book 3, and then your English Bible will most likely say book 4 in Psalm 90. So I'm at Psalm 89, uh, uh, verse 52. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. And now finally, we're to 106. So let's go to 106, the end of book 4, just before the beginning of book 5. Go to 47 and 48. And why don't we stand for the word of God? Again, I'm starting at 47. Save us, O Lord our God. Gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Ooh, that was good. And then it ends, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, The grass withers. And the flower fades. The word of the Lord stands forever. Please be seated. And let us pray for illumination. Heavenly Father, aid us in understanding and even enjoying the Word of God, Your Word. And maybe even as appropriate, convict us if so needed. Pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Okay, so I'm in Psalm 106. Uh, Psalm 106 uh, is a long psalm, as you can see, uh, 48 verses. Uh, It recounts the deeds, the actions of God. And there's a bunch of psalms that do that. But this one's a little unusual because it says, Basically, Israel was terrible sinners, it gives an explanation, but in God's mercy, he saved them. Oh, continuing Israel's history, oh, they're sinners again. Okay, it's got that pattern, and so uh, let's, I won't read the whole psalm, but let's appreciate a few spots. Start at verse 6, so I'm at 106.6. The beginning is, you know, God is merciful, God is this, God is that. Then verse 6, both we... And our fathers have sinned. We've committed iniquity. We have done wickedness. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Yet, he, God, saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. Run over to 37. 
And this is one of the most uh, sad, I mean, horrible statements. If you don't know, in small little parts of Israel's history, they did do child sacrifices. And this is what this is referring to. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. The land was polluted with blood. Thus they became unclean by their acts and played the whore in their deeds. Run down to 43. And it gets more positive now. Many times he delivered them, but they were rebellious in their purposes and they were brought low through their iniquity. Nevertheless, he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry for their sake. He remembered the covenant. He relented according to abundance of his steadfast love. He caused them to be pitied by all those whom they held captive. Save us, O Lord God. Gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name, that we may glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. And then hallelujah. In the context, each of those psalms, there were different angles about God that we were to praise Him. And in this one, we praise Him because God saves sinners is the uh, blessing here. And they're so excited about that, they all sound out, Amen. Now, interestingly, uh, parts of this psalm, including uh, uh, the ending of it, is in another part of the Bible. It's in First Corinthians, or First Corinthians, First Chronicles, chapter 16, 35 and 36, but we don't have to go there, where David rejoices about the ark. See, so 47 and 48, he says the same thing about the ark. It then gets here uh, into the psalm. Uh, it's a, a wonderful statement, 47 and 48. God saves sinners. The people said, amen. What a great uh, understanding about that. Okay, now about the word amen itself here in Psalm 106 and in all the other uh, psalm passages. Uh, the word amen is some kind of combination of this is true. I agree. Or sometimes if it's a future statement, let it be so. So I agree. This is true. Let it be so. And you could see by the context, uh, there's there's a rare exception to this, but normally there's with an emotional oomph to it. So it's not just, oh, there's a math problem. Okay, amen, it's correct. It's, you know, it's something, I love math, by the way. Uh, but there's emotion, I should, for others who don't like math, uh, you may have a boring amen, but normally you have an exciting amen. Uh, and yes, it does have a, ending angle to it. We don't want to dismiss that part of it. That's why we do end things with uh, amen. Uh, now, that's just in the Psalms. If we ran around the rest of the Bible, pretty much it's the same story. Uh, it's used at the end of prayers. It's used at the end of benedictions. Uh, it's in all kinds of doxologies. It's also, a bunch of times in the Bible, someone says something, you agree to it, and the person agreeing says Amen. You amen their statement, uh, and that's uh, in the Bible. Hence, running around the whole Bible, 
What does amen mean? This is true. I agree. Let it be so with a little oomph to it uh, in your response. Uh, now, uh, a little more about amen uh, technically. So the, the Hebrew word might be pronounced amen, something like that. Um, and, you know, the Old Testament, few few little spots is in Aramaic, but primarily in Hebrew. Um, and the New Testament is written in Greek. No exceptions. Every time they're going to quote a verse in the Old Testament, or they want to say, let it be so, they do not write a Greek word. They just transliterate and put in Greek letters, and you just look at the word and you pronounce it, it's amen or amen. Amen, technically. So the Greek writers of the New Testament had such love of this word, they did not bother translating it. They just used amen. That's very similar to the word hallelujah. Hallelujah is a Hebrew word, comes into the New Testament, that, which means praise the Lord. They didn't put in Greek praise the Lord. They just took the letters. Okay, that's an H. Okay, how are we going to do that? And they just put hallelujah. And we'll see a little bit of that uh, later. There is one exception. So therefore, the Greek writers transliterate. And then all the translations of various churches throughout the ages, because the New Testament writers transliterated, they said, hey, when we translate the Bible, we're going to do the same thing. So whenever they get to the Old Testament or the New Testament, there's going to be one exception. We'll look at the exception later. But they said, hey, I'm not going to write, if you're the German Bible, I'm not going to write in German, which would be translated, let it be so. No, I'm just going to put amen. So that's why in your English Bible, you got amen all over the place. But other Hebrew words, they don't put the Hebrew word. They just translate into English. Now, another amazing thing is how often this great word that they love, they then connect to the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Let's look at a couple of those examples. So let's go to 2 Corinthians. So I'm in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. You hit Galatians, you went too far, go back to the left. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'll be in 18 through 20, but let me set it up a little bit. Okay, uh, Paul is in the city of Ephesus. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And there's some bad guys at Corinth who are saying, ah, Paul doesn't know what he's talking about. Because Paul changed his travel plans without explaining the travel plans discussion. Uh, and they were right. He did change his travel plans. But they were making, he changed his travel plans, then he does, therefore he doesn't know what he's talking about Christ. He's not talking about Christ correctly. Paul responds, I am talking about Christ uh, correctly. Uh, let's start at verse 15, and this will be a little bit of the travel plans. Because I was sure of this, so I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 15. Because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first so that you might have a second experience of grace. And this is related to this travel plans. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on my way to Judea. Okay, but he changed. 
Was I vacillating when I wanted to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, no, no at the same time? Okay, he's going to make the point. I'm not a yes, no guy. Verse 18, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you about Jesus has not been yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus, Timothy, and I, was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him, Christ. That is why it is through him we utter our amen to God for his glory. So it's through Christ we utter our amen to God the Father. Again, look at the second half of 20. What a great line. That is why through Christ we utter our amen. Like, let it be so. This is great. How great. You feel the oomph to this. Our amen to God for God's glory. Christ is the center of all the promises of God. As a zillion promises in the Bible, but we might say the more central promises for his people, and really taking off 106, is that upon faith in Christ, your sins are forgiven. We have a fancy word, justification. Christ lived a perfect life. He died for us. Our sin legally put on Christ, his perfectness given to us. And we're declared, justified, we're declared forgiven. One of the promises of God. If you believe in Christ, not your work, Christ's work, you're forgiven. But there's more promises of God. If you're a true believer, you're given the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit even to believe, but you're given the ability through the Holy Spirit, to do good works for him. Not as points for heaven, but to glorify God. And in this life, we won't do good works perfectly. We will do good works perfectly in the future. But you're given the promises of God. He will change you. Forgive your sins, he will change you. And the, more, and the final sort of main promise of God is the end game. The new heavens and new earth. He will change you. Perfect soul, perfect body, forever and ever. And all those fancy words are justification, forgiveness of sins, sanctification, through the Holy Spirit you are changed, uh, and then glorification, you're in glory, uh, changed. All the promises of God are amen in Christ. Let's go to another New Testament verse. Final book of the Bible, Revelation. Chapter 3. Uh, in chapter 3, uh, 2 and 3, there are seven letters, so to speak, to the seven churches. And it's actually Jesus speaking through his mediator uh, uh, to the seven churches. So there are letters from Jesus through the angel or the messenger. Let's go to 14. It's the church of Laodicea. Jesus speaking through the messenger or angel. So I'm at Revelation 3.14. Jesus speaking. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Jesus Christ calls himself, many things, here he calls himself the Amen. And you can see why they love this word. 
the amen Jesus says about himself. Okay, let's go to the book of John, chapter 3. I said there was one exception for your English translators, not an exception for the Greek translators, but the English translators. Uh, Again, one of the uses of amen in the Bible is someone else says something, you agree to it, and you say amen. It is a social faux pas to amen yourself. Right? That is not appropriate. However, Jesus does it. Of course, it's not a social faux pas when he does it. From our perspective, it was probably driving the people that didn't like him crazy when he did it. And he does it all the time in the Gospels. He's going to give an important statement, and he amens himself. Let's look at one of those. There's about a whole bunch of these. I'm going to look at one famous one, John 3, 3. And uh, uh, your church pastors are uh, preaching through John, um, and they've had a bunch of them so far. And pending if you had the King James or whatever version. So I'm at John 3, 3. This is Nicodemus. Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. Jesus answered him, and in the Greek it's amen, amen. I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. King James had verily, verily. I see the ESV has truly, truly. And and those are accurate translations, uh, but you're just a little bit missing the oomph here of the A. He's amening himself. Only Jesus does that. It's an odd thing to do, but since it's Jesus, it's not an odd thing to do. The Bible ties this great word, amen, to the Lord Jesus Christ, which makes sense. Amen, let it be so. What is the biggest let it be so that we could have? What is the biggest, if we're not sinning, thing that we want to affirm? It's the triune God with an emphasis on Christ. Amen, Christ. Okay, modern meaning. We've seen that amen is how you end prayers, songs, benedictions, blessings, doxologies, agreeing with someone else, a combination of this is true, I agree, let it be so, Uh, and it's got some emotional oomph to it, and ultimately, it relates to Christ, this great word. Now, on the enthusiasm little angle, uh, it's part of my job at Reformed Theological Seminary, I, I go to board meetings. And um, I like going to board meetings, uh, and I like math. So two things that normal people don't like, but I do like. And um, se- several of the board members attended SEC uh, colleges, and of course, SEC football then comes up a bunch, and they make jokes back and forth, um, and. Uh, One of the gentlemen, uh, he happens to attend the university that's located in the state of Alabama that has red and white uniforms. 
Many of the other men do not like that. Uh, now, this year they may be liking it, but normally that, that particular team, if you're not up on your sports, is amazingly good in college football. Um, and he's, okay, so uh, this particular gentleman uh, from that college in Alabama, it, it, during the middle of the meeting, and it had nothing to do with the university at all, it was just like, it was just some miscellaneous point, somebody had to drive through Alabama to get here or something. And as soon as the word Alabama came up, he, and we don't normally do this in board meetings, he just yells out enthusiastically, amen. And then it happened in the odd providence that the, the state of Alabama came up a whole bunch of times in the meeting, sort of unrelated to a normal situation. So he's just amening, you know, and it got to be pretty humorous. Uh, Okay, uh, he's a wonderful Christian, but despite the Alabama. Uh, he, enthusiastic about his university, he instinctively knows you're enthusiastic about it. You say with enthusiasm, amen. And that's just dumb football you know, in the big picture of life. Uh, are we enthusiastic about the Lord Jesus Christ? There's many ways to show that you're enthusiastic. Um, do you want to say amen about Christ? You know, Saying amen in many contexts, and you'll have an opportunity when you pray at the meal this afternoon. Uh, it's a wonderful tradition. At the end of prayers, a couple times a day, you have the opportunity to say amen, ultimately related to Christ. Now, I assume many of you end in your mind or verbally. You have a prayer in Jesus' name, amen. You know, give a little oomph to the amen. It's connected to Christ. Another kind of wonderful thing is Christian groups all over the world for 2,000 years have been ending prayers with what sounds like amen. I... I've taught a whole bunch of times courses, uh, seminary courses in Ukraine. And uh, the first time I was there, my Russian was pretty weak. Uh, and so I'm, it's the first class, I'm teaching. Okay, I'm, I have a translator in the class, but I always start off my class. Okay, somebody sing a hymn. And so uh, about 50 pastors in the class, uh, and they stand up and they sing, and I don't really know what the words are. And then I've, I've pre-called on somebody to have a prayer. Um, and, you know I, know, I could pick up a few words in the prayer. And then I'm noticing, it's getting toward the end of the prayer. And then, Emia, uh, Isis, name of Jesus. And the way, this way, I'll put it into English. He goes, in the name of Jesus. And then in that tradition, they hold it for a second. In the name of Jesus, hold it. And then the whole group Screams out, Amin. That's how they say, Amen. Amin. And it was kind of like heartwarming. 
Uh, and it's just a nice little tradition there. Hold it so the whole group can say amen uh, at the end. Uh, think of your personal prayers. You know, in your head, you're going to end in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in your head at least, give a little punch to it. All these things I said about God in my prayer, adoration, and the petitions, and uh, that they are appropriate petitions or requests, I did them all in through the mediatory work of the Lord Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. Boom. Let it be so. Let it be about Christ. Um, you know, as I mentioned that Again, if you're my age, all these songs in the hymn book ended with amen. Now, sometimes the amen was kind of boring. Amen. Do you remember that? Yeah, they should have had a little punch to them, but fair enough. Um, wouldn't it be nice you're at McDonald's? I like McDonald's. Uh, and uh, you're with uh, somebody else, and you're going to pray there at McDonald's, and you have... You know, a prayer. And then you give a little punch on that amen. Other people can hear you. Wouldn't that be nice? Now, sometimes there are some solemn situations where we're not going to be overly enthusiastic about the amen. You're talking to somebody and, oh, I hear Aunt Sally's in the hospital. How's she doing? Well, she's not doing well, but she's trusting in the Lord. So you may have a more solemn, oh, amen. Okay, so occasionally there's going to be some solemn amens. But normally, we're going to have a little enthusiasm in our amen. So let's go to one final verse. We're back to the book of Revelation, uh, chapter uh, 19. I'm going to be on verse 4. And again, Psalm 106 ends with amen, and then in your English it says praise the Lord, which is hallelujah. Amen, uh, hallelujah. So chapter 19, book of Revelation, final book of the Bible, verse 4. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated at the throne, saying... Look at those words there. Amen, hallelujah, which are Hebrew words. Let it be so, praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, amen is a glorious word. Let's use it like the Bible wants us to use it. And let's remember Christ and all his benefits that we didn't deserve any of them. And he gave it to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are so grand, so gracious, May you change us to be enthusiastic about you when appropriate. 
May we love you because you first loved us. I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And now we will sing in your hymn.